Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. All right, let's get into the word. Sound good? Great. Uh, we are in the middle of a series called Supernatural. You've had the last three weeks with Pastor Dave. He has, I don't know how that happened, but it happened. And uh, he really loved it. And now I've sent him elsewhere. Um, he's in Vernon this morning. But I'm excited to share this message uh, to you this morning. And I believe that it's the right message for you at the right time. And I want to read a verse, uh, or I want to ask a question, I guess, to start. And the question is this How big is your faith? How big is your faith? Do, do you measure it by weight? Or is it like a height thing? Is it on a scale of 1 to 10? If I was to ask you to give me a measurement of your faith, could anyone give me an answer? It's like one of those things like love. How much love do you have for this person? Well, we don't really know how to measure it, but we do know that faith can get bigger and faith can get smaller. I don't know how to measure it, but I know that it is a measurable thing. Maybe it's left to God to measure, but, uh, but we know from Scripture that it can go bigger and it can go smaller. And I'll read three verses to you. We're going to start in Matthew 17, 14 to 20. I'm going to turn in my paper Bible. Uh, I don't think it's going to be on the screen, so you can turn in your digital Bible or you can wait for me to read it to you. And what I'm going to read is three, um, three accounts from the Gospels. Uh, two of them are from the same story, and one of them's a little different, and we're going to go through those. So we're going to start in Matthew 17, 14 to 20. It says this, When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. <laughs> then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. Again, a measurement of faith. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. How many of you have seen mountains move lately? Clayton has. <laughs> if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, what did they mean when they used the word mustard seed? They meant the smallest seed they knew of at the time. If you have the smallest amount of faith possible, you can say to the mountain, move. None of us have seen mountains move lately. Well, this is highly discouraging. Yeah. Why don't we look at the next verse? Luke 17, 1 to 8. Luke 17, 1 to 8. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to the person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone uh, tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourself. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Again, faith can get bigger. 
They can get smaller. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. How many of you have seen some mulberry trees uprooted lately? No. Yeah, that, I don't know what a mulberry tree is. <laughs> Neither do you, so it's okay. <laughs> but how many of us have seen, you know, so, so here's, here's my conclusion, I guess, and some of that is, well, I guess we must have faith less than a mustard seed. So my title for my message this morning is Faith Less Than a Mustard Seed. Faith Less Than a Mustard Seed. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes as I pray this morning? Jesus, we thank you that you're in the room. We thank you that you're here to communicate your word, your truth. God, I pray that our ears would be open. God, that the intersection of heaven and earth would be clear here this morning. That we would hear with our spiritual ears, see with our spiritual eyes the things that will affect our physical world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Highly encouraging. If you have faith as small as the smallest thing we possibly could think of at this time, then you could tell the mountain to move. Then you could tell the mulberry tree. And I got to tell you, it only comes to this conclusion to me that my faith must be smaller than a mustard seed. It must be smaller than the smallest thing because I've not seen these things happen. I'd love to tell you today, you know, like as every good evangelist preacher who does all these crusades comes up and they say, you know what, I was in here and the mountain, it moved because I prayed that. I have not seen that. I have not seen the tree move. I have not seen that. I cannot give you great hype about it this morning. But I do know that there must be a measure of faith that I have and that you have because scripture tells us that. And the disciples say, increase our faith when they're told, if someone comes and sins against you seven times, forgive them seven times. They're like, well, if we're going to have to do that, we need more faith. Because if I have to forgive that person seven times in one day, God, help me. <laughs> they say that you didn't have enough faith to cast the demon out. So there is a measurement of faith. Can I, can I hear you say for a moment, I have faith. Wow, this is the first church I've ever walked into that I didn't have to ask them to repeat it. That was wonderful. We all have a measure of faith. So let's look at the, the next verse we're going to read. It's Luke 9, 14 to 29. And we're going to use this as a bit of a recipe, if I will. And, and my question comes out of this, is that if we all have faith, and you all admitted that you've not seen mountains move, if you had, I'd ask you to come up here and preach to us instead, but we all admit that we must then have faith less than a mustard seed. We have faith, but it must be less than a mustard seed. And, and I want to use this verse in Mark 9, 14 to 29, and it's the same story as we read in Matthew 17, 14 to 20, and I want to use it as our recipe to figure out what to do or what is blocking our faith then. Because if we have faith and we haven't seen the miraculous, then something is blocking it. And let me ask you this question that came up to me this week is, is when's the last time and, and please ponder this for a moment. When's the last time you listened to the Holy Spirit? When's the last time the Holy Spirit said something to you and you listened? For Noel, it's this morning. 
This week, I was out for coffee. I was picking up a check. I, I um, have done uh, audio engineering for a number of years, and I'm just closing that up, but I was picking up a check from someone, went out for coffee with them, someone I work with and have worked with for a lot of years in that industry. They were telling me what's going on in their world. Their sister is, uh, got just re-diagnosed with breast cancer and, and various other things, and our worlds have exclusively been light, sound, and arts. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you should ask to pray for her. And I said, no, no thank you. <laughs> I would like not to. <laughs> I'm in a cafe, people are around me. This could be weird. But I asked her if I could pray for her. So this is what I'm asking is, when's the last time you listened to the Holy Spirit? It's probably the last time you were very uncomfortable. Okay, let's go to this first. These are just primers. Mark 9, 14 to 29. When the boy, or sorry, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Now recognize, by this point in time, Jesus has commissioned his disciples. So this is a, 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 a demon-possessed child. Now, we're not going to get into the, the stuff about demons at the moment, but we're going to use this story about faith. Is um, a demon-possessed child, the disciples of Jesus have been with Jesus, and he has given them the authority to cast out demons. So the fact that they couldn't cast out a demon wasn't because it was their first demon. Right? Some of us have not had a demon encounter, and that may be why we can't cast out demons, right? But they have had demon encounters, they have cast out demons, and they're in this position where they're trying to cast out a demon, and they are failing miserably. Their faith is a little less. So the man responds and says that that's what's happened, right? Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Jesus wasn't always gentle. He didn't always have a lamb around his shoulders and long blonde locks. I know, that just crushed some spirits in the room. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. So we're going to pause there. There's three points I want to bring up to you. Um, and we're going to pause on that one first. Uh, let, let me say this first is... Um, if your faith isn't big enough to move a mountain, or sorry, your faith isn't big enough to move a mountain if it's never moved a molehill. Sometimes what happens in our world is we want faith to raise the dead, but we're not willing to pray for someone who's sick with a sniffle. We want that faith, not this faith. You know, we want the mountain to be moved, not our budget to be moved. And sometimes the reality is if faith can increase and the disciples say increase our faith, 
If Jesus can say your faith is too small, then we have to recognize that there are ways to increase our faith and ways that our faith is too small. All of us have faith less than a mustard seed. So we, we have little of little, but a mustard seed's a lot. And I want to increase my faith. Faith is increased by activating our faith. Okay, so, so we need to... We need to, if we don't have faith big enough to move a mountain, um, we need to try on a molehill so that your faith can be stretched in the molehill. It's, it's, it's what I could call the stewardship of faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the what have you done with the little that you have because the little that you have will increase. Too many of us are waiting for the increase and doing nothing with the little. Um, and, and don't take that as a, a heavy word. Take that as an encouragement that actually... Uh, uh, let me say it a little different as an encouragement for a moment is the little you have is actually enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's why we can say the little will increase because the little is enough. Because here's what we start to believe. We start to believe that our faith is what changes things. And it's a very dangerous position to be in um, when we start to believe that it's us who do that. Whenever we mistake our brilliance for the power of God, we move into dangerous territory. My faith doesn't change things. My faith accesses the power of God that changes things. Okay? So it's not actually about how little or much faith I have because my faith doesn't change things. My faith is the access point to the power of God that changes. The power of God is immeasurable. My faith is measurable. Hearing me? So the first thing that I see happen in this story with this gentleman is, and, and, and we have this idea about faith, and it's, I think, I think um, like if you've ever heard of something called the prosperity gospel, prosperity gospel is this idea that if you just pray and believe enough, then, then God's will for your life always is good things. Look at Job, and, and you'll see that there are some things that maybe go wrong in our life sometimes. Um, and and I, I think what's happened at times is, is the prosperity gospel was big in the 90s. And, and I think what's happened is sometimes people throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? So they see the, the things that are wrong about prosperity gospel, which is true, but then they throw out faith with it. And then they miss out on the, on the options and the things that are available through Christ because they've seen something distorted. We gotta be careful not to throw out, throw out the authentic alongside the distortion. Right? All of us have had bad church experiences if you've been in church a week. <laughs> but don't throw out church. But all of us know people who've had a bad church experience and thrown out church. Bade with the bathwater, okay? So let me try and get around this task for you for a moment. Some of us have heard the idea that faith is, is courageous belief or like this strong certainty of things. Um, and I think that may be true at times. But when I look at this story, the first spot that I start to see this man operating in faith is far from courageous. Jesus asked him, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity, us, pity on us and help us. The very first moment that we see his faith activated is with a little word called if. The father was willing to ask the question, if. What does if do in my spirit? If includes Christ in it. The very first thing we need to do for our faith to help us access the power of God is we need to include God in it. So many times we've left him on the sidelines of the problems in our world. 
Maybe if God, you can help my finances. Maybe if God, you can help my marriage. Maybe if God, you can help my anger. Maybe if God, you can help my fill in the blank. But as long as we leave God on the sidelines, we've yet to include him in the process of things. Now, I don't read this man as a very certain faith man. He's like, I know, God, you can. He doesn't say that. He says, well, if you can, if you're not too busy, if you're not too bothered. But he includes Jesus in the moment. He's heard of Jesus. There's a reason his son was there. He's brought his son down. But he's brought his son, and the son's gone to the disciples, and he's seen the disciples fail at casting out the demons. So what do you think at that moment in time? You know what? You've come up for prayer time after time after time for healing, and you're like, well, I don't think I need to include God in this anymore because I've tried it before. You've removed the if of God in the scenario. If doesn't have to be confident. It just has to be present. So much of our limitation of who God has and can be in our life comes from our inability to, to begin the journey of faith with the question of if. If. Not confidence. Do you see confidence in this man? I just see a hope of possibility. This is the first thing I see is, is, is the inclusion of the word if. Okay. Let's move on from there. If you can, said Jesus in response, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. I do believe. Help my unbelief. Resonate with anyone here? Something we don't hear often in church. I believe, but help my unbelief. No, no, that doesn't work in North American Christianity. We have to believe and not have uncertainty. No, 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 no. I believe, but help my unbelief. Can I tell you what I sort of hear in this moment? There's this thing I, I want to call belief, okay? And most of us, if, if we have a relationship with Jesus, we have some things that we believe. You know, if you've, if you've done any study, you, you know that Jesus has many names. We sang a, a, a song called Jehovah. Uh, no, was it Jehovah? No, sorry. I mixed it up. Yahweh, thank you. See, he's got many names right there. But we know his names, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Right? And, and, and we know these beliefs of him. We believe that God is a savior. We believe that God is a healer. We believe God is a provider. You know, we believe God is the source of my joy. We believe God is authoritative and Lord. And we have these areas that are belief. Now over on this side, I'm going to use this as a visual representation, so hopefully you see this. Over this, we have what I want to call appropriated belief. I know, really weird and uncomfortable word. It means belief that you've seen. And so many of us are here. I believe God's my Savior, but he hasn't saved me. I believe God's a provider, but he's yet to provide for me. I believe God is a healer, but I've yet to see him heal. You hear me? And so many of us are satisfied with the belief without the appropriation of the belief. And I think this is what this man's sort of in at the moment. He's like, I believe that you can heal him because I know you've cast other demons out. I know you've saved other people. I know you've done all these things, but you've never done it for me. 
I believe, but help my unbelief. It's a truth I want to see as more than just a belief. We do ourselves a disservice when we have this idea that faith is belief. No, no, no. If faith is belief, then you're here. Knowledge of God, not relationship and action to it. And that faith is this space, I want to say, between here and there. Between the belief and the appropriated belief. So here's, here's an example, okay? I believe God's a healer. Therefore, my faith says, hey, can I pray for you and your sister who's ill because I got nothing that I can offer, but I believe that God is a healer. So maybe if I take a step of faith, maybe if I use my less than a mustard seed of faith, maybe then God will show up. Yes. Or I can sit here and like, oh, well, it probably won't happen, so I probably won't do it. You hear me? Yeah. Most of us live here. Because it takes a lot of courage. It takes uncomfortable. It takes action. Belief does not take action. It takes action to get to this spot. Because it's this funny thing about Jesus, and, and I often say, you know, please hear this in the loving, well, some of you know me and some of you don't, so hopefully you get this. Sometimes I think I could do a better job of being God than God does. You laugh because you think that way as well. But God has this way that he wants to do it with us. If he didn't want to do it with us, then belief would be enough. But he wants our belief in action. If you want to see healing in people's world, because you believe for healing, you need to pray for healing. If you want to see people in your world see God as Savior, then you need to invite them into relationship with Jesus. If you want to see joy in your life, then you need to not stand with a grin and an angry face during worship. Is that too real? Because actually to get to the spot where God is joy, we have to take a step of faith. So many of us are waiting for God to just invade our world and make it happen. I just haven't seen it. He does the miraculous every once in a while, but generally he wants to do the miraculous alongside us. Faith is the action step that enables the access to the power of God. Faith isn't the power of God. Faith is measurable. Let me, let me give you another example. Is, is I know people who've seen miraculous healing, right? And, and maybe there's someone in the room who's been like that, right? You've, you've seen someone's uh, cancer disappear overnight, something like that. I've not seen that. But, but let's be real. If, if Tony here, if, if he was here and someone had a broken knee and he prayed for them and their knee healed, Tony would pray for every person he ever sees for the rest of his life with broken knees. Ever. Because his faith says, I've seen this, I believe for it. Some of us haven't seen it because we've yet to believe for it before seeing it. You hear what I'm saying? But some people have the faith for things because they've seen it. I know Tony and Tammy can pray for provision because they've seen provision in their world. They've seen finances come out of nothing. How many of you have ever had God provide financially for you in a miraculous way? Okay, keep your hand up. Up high. I know, it's awkward, we got it. How many of you have seen him do it twice? Great. How many have you seen him do it exactly the same way each time? So let's get on to step number three for a moment, okay? So we have this man, he says if. So he includes God in the thing that he needs 
faith for. He includes God in it. Because if we don't include God, we can't have God's power in it. There's a lot of things that God is not included in. If you look at the story, I can't remember if it's Elijah or Elisha right now, but um, uh, he's, he runs away and he hides in a, in a cave. And you've heard this story maybe before, and it says the wind came, but God was not in the wind. The, the storm came, but God was not in the storm. You know, like God's in less than he isn't, if you understand. So, so we have to recognize that is, um, is in that. And um, anyways, on, on this third thing, so he includes God in it. And then he, he goes on and, and Jesus says, if you can, everything's possible. He says, I believe, but help my unbelief. I, I believe you're a healer. I've yet to experience your healing. What's the gap? The gap isn't Jesus. Okay? The gap in belief and appropriated belief is not Jesus. It's, it's us. It's very sad. I wish it was Jesus. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. It's like he ran out of time. I feel like Jesus was in a teachable moment. He's like, ah, too busy. Let's get this done. Cast the, cast the demon out. You deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him up and uh, took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet. And he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Later manuscripts say prayer and fasting, but we're going to stick on prayer here. So first is, is if, inclusion God. Second is belief and unbelief. I have, I have this spot where I believe God is something and I want to get to this place where it's appropriated, something that I've experienced, and the gap is a step I have to take. It always is. When you get a nudge from the Holy Spirit, if you don't do something, it doesn't happen. This is the way it goes. You have to take the step. And his disciples asked, well, why couldn't we cast it out? Remember, they have cast out demons before. Why couldn't we cast that? Well, Jesus says, well, it's because of prayer. Now, what is prayer? Prayer is conversation with God. You know, I, I like to have conversations sometimes with some people. If you know me well, it is only sometimes with some people. It's true. But if I have a conversation with Noel, the more I have a conversation with Noel, do you know what will happen? I will know Noel more. Some of you I don't know at all. If we had a conversation we'd know more about each other. Prayer is a conversation with Jesus. Conversation with our Heavenly Father. In the conversation with Jesus, in the conversation with our Father, we begin to know Him more. Can I burst a bubble for a moment? You don't know all there is to know about God. And on this earth, you never will. He's too big. Sometimes in church we use this term like we need to make God bigger. Let, let me clarify that for a moment. God doesn't change in size. Our understanding and revelation of who he is, the revealing of him changes in size. As I begin to understand that God is healer, then I believe for him for healing. As I begin to understand him as provider, then I believe for him as provider. My understanding of what he is and who he is and who he can be needs to change. And that changes through prayer. The revealing of who he is through conversation regularly with him. Here's, here's what some scholars say about this story. So, the disciples have cast out demons. And I don't know about you, but I've, I've been in church for a number of years, and, and periodically, like, I think, okay, okay, let's say I need to pray for provision. I'll be like, oh, well, this worked last time. Let me try it this way again. 
And this is what the scholars say, that it, it would appear as though the disciples had cast out demons before. They said, okay, if I shake my leg like this and I do this, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious, please be aware for a moment. If I do it exactly this way, then the demon will come out. But here's the problem when we do it that way, is now we've moved from the spot that it relies on him and his power to it relies on me and my faith. Jesus has not recorded healing many people the exact same way. Even in this room, when I ask you about provision from God financially, no one could leave their hand up to say it happened the same way twice. When we begin to use the recipe that's happened before as a recipe for God, then we stop including him in it. I wish that if I did the exact same thing for my spouse, exactly the same way each time, that it would produce the same results. Somehow it doesn't. Things that I thought would produce good results, don't. Yes, God understands. I heard that voice. <laughs> but the relationship that we have with God with prayer creates the reality of a dependency on him. I cannot heal people. I cannot, uh, I cannot display God's provision. I cannot save people. Some people bring people to church and believe that the church will save them. No, the church cannot save people. God can save people. And if I get that mixed up, I'm in very big trouble. I must rely on his ability to create that. I must rely on his ability to bring joy into, into circumstances that are impossible to have joy in. I can't manufacture it. I can rely on it. But yet it still takes a step. Prayer is the relationship you, you have with the Father. It's the space, the bigness of our God increases. And we, we must rectify this reality. God doesn't change our revelation of him changes size. The revealing changes. The power of God is equal. The power of God doesn't change. It doesn't have measures, but our decision and ability in belief to access it sure does. I want to encourage you um, this morning, and, and, and this is maybe a statement that would help to take home with you. It's faith is not measured by belief but rather by action taken to substantiate that belief. Let me say that again. Faith is not measured by belief. We can be here believing God is a savior. We can be here believing God is a healer. God is a provider. But I want to be more than a belief that God is these things. I want to know that he is these things. Do you hear what I'm saying? No, here's an unfortunate thing. For me to know that God is a healer, I need to be in a situation where he can heal. For me to know that God is a provider, there has to be a situation where he needs to provide. There has to be things that are beyond the natural that step into the supernatural. Where what we are doing is we are creating a, 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 a bridge, if you will, from heaven and taking things that already exist in heaven and pulling them into the physical of the earth. In heaven, there is full provision. In heaven, there is full healing. In heaven, there is fullness of joy. In heaven, these are these things that we are taking what exists in the spirit realm and we are appropriating, we are bringing it into the physical realm. We are bringing something that is not natural into the natural. 
It's not measured by belief, but rather the action taken to substantiate that belief. Now, uh, I need to temper this for a moment with this reality, is that there's a story of, a, of three people, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Shadrach, Meshach, Shadrach, them, those boys, uh, they were, they were, uh, they were uh, living in a, a, a country, and they were told to bow down to an, uh, an idol, and they said no, and then they were going to be sent and thrown into the fiery furnace. There's this interesting thing that they say. They say that they say as they're about to be thrown into the fiery furnace, they say, our God can save us. And even if he doesn't, belief, appropriated belief, what God's asking the most out of us is obedience, not outcome. I'm not going to uh, pray for healing, and when I not, don't see it, stop praying for it and stop believing God's a healer. And I'm just going to continue to pray that people can be healed all the time. I'm just going to pray that God, can he, that God can provide all the time. I'm going to pray for restoration of marriages all the time. I'm going to pray for salvation all the time. Because I'm going to do it until I see it, and it's not about the outcome, because I don't create the outcome, but I am obedient to the nudge from the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing is when you get a nudge from the Holy Spirit, you start to see things happen that make you very cautious to not fulfill the nudge from the Holy Spirit. When God says, hey, this person just needs a hug. Hey, this person just needs you to pay for their groceries at the counter. Hey, this is that. We don't see all the outcomes because we aren't the power. We are the step that accesses the power. Uh, uh, Pastor Dave sent me a message yesterday about something. Uh, it was about someone who had been in our church in Revelstoke, and he was asking their name or something like that. And they have an interesting story, um, and, and I'll close sort of <laughs> with this, is they have an interesting story. They uh, initially showed up, Pastor Kimberly and I, we were location pastors in Revelstoke, and we, did a, we went to a volunteer fair um, because it showed up, and I thought we should do it. And I remember leaving there being like, that was the biggest waste of my time ever. Um, and we met someone there, and that Sunday they showed up at church. And I, you know, those are great times for the Holy Spirit to like smack you and say, remember how you're not in charge? Right, okay. Um, shows up at church, gets saved, there for about three or four months. Leaves there, moves to Vancouver, gets plugged into uh, C3 Church in Vancouver, gets baptized, meets his wife, they get married. They move to New Zealand, and they're part of a C3 church there. Some of us, very rarely do we get to hear that story. We get to be the month. And if we are dependent on what we see in the flesh, we will miss out on the big picture of what God's doing. My obedience is not about the outcome, because I don't get to see the outcome on this side of earth. You, you hear me? Obedience is, God can do far more with our obedience and here's the, the lovely thing, if I can turn back to a story uh, of Moses. Moses, he was called to speak to his people, go into Israel, and, and go back and save his people. And he tells God, I, I can't do it. I don't have the ability to speak. I can't do this. And what does God ask him to do? He asks him to do things that Moses can do. He says, okay, let me show you, Moses. Put your hand into your jacket. Pull it out. Now it's leprous. Put it back. Pull it out. Now it's not leprous. Moses did not create or not create leprosy. He put his hand in his jacket. Moses did not part the Red Sea. He put a stick in the ground. When we mix that up, we get in deep trouble. We think God's going to ask us to create leprosy. 
No, he's going to ask you to put your hand in your jacket. Okay? I can put my hand in my jacket. I can't create leprosy. My faith is not the power. God's, faith, God's the power, but I have to do the little that I can do so God can do the big that he can do. You following me? Okay. Here's what I want to do. I want to close. Oh. Uh, and I'd like you all to stand up. This is wonderful. And we're going to pray in a moment. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give... Uh, I'm going to give a, a prayer response time for three things. So we talked about the if. Uh, the person who needed to include God in things that they'd stopped including God in. We have the belief and the unbelief. The, I, I believe this, but I've yet to see it. And then we have the prayer. The reality of needing to see God as bigger than I currently see him. We needed a fresh revelation of who God can be. And I want us all to close our eyes. And here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to pray for each of those areas. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to say, hey, if you want to be included in this, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up and I want you to hold it up until we're done praying. Then we're going to go to the next thing. Is that all right? Because here's what I want is I want us to be able to leave here next week. If I was to come back, which I'm not, because um, Pastor Dave never lets me preach in one place twice in a row. It's dangerous for the church. Um, I'm joking. No one's getting the joke, so that's terrifying. Um, anyways, uh, I... Uh, I wish that what I could say is that next week I could come back here and I could say, hey, when's the last time you listened to the Holy Spirit? And each of you could say, this week. Right. When I prayed for that person. Hey, when I gave the street person that I usually walk by $20. Yeah. Not because I saw an outcome, but because I was obedient. Yeah. Okay? So when we all close our eyes, respect the privacy of everyone in the room. If you'd like prayer and, and, and you say, hey, my barrier at that moment is, is I've excluded God from things that I need to include him. And I'm, I'm asking for the faith or for the ability to say if, if God could be in this situation. Why don't you raise your hand, raise it high. Okay. Holy Spirit. Now, if you're not included in the prayer, why don't you begin praying right now for the people who are? Church is never a spectator sport. Will you do this together? Begin praying for the ability. If you, if you don't have your hand up, that means you feel that you know how to include God in this. So begin to pray for those people. You don't need to know them by name, but God does. Holy Spirit, we thank you for everyone person who has taken a step of faith right now, God, by lifting their hand. God, it seems very little, and it seems maybe even sometimes insignificant, like faith less than a mustard seed, God. But you move in our move. Holy Spirit, I pray for each person right now who has lifted their hand that is asking God for the faith or the ability to include you in things that they've included. God, whether it's relationships right now, whether it's finances right now, whether it's healing, whether it's an emotion or, or a feeling that they haven't been able to get over. God, whether it's forgiveness, like the disciples said, please increase our faith if we have to forgive them so much. God, I pray right now that you would lay upon in their heart right now the answer to their prayer. Jesus, the answer to their prayer. I do not know it, but you do. Be within this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Why don't you put your hand down? All right, if you're number two, you have a belief that God is something, but you've yet to see it. You believe that God can cast the demon out, but I've never seen him cast the demon out. Why don't you raise your hand? Raise it real high. Come on, raise it high. Be bold. Again, if you don't have your hand raised, begin praying for these people. Leave your hand up as I pray for you if I can. Holy Spirit, Jesus, right now we thank you that there is a belief. 
God, I thank you that there's a belief that you are Savior. There's a belief that you are Lord. There's a belief that you can be healer, the belief that you can be provider. God, and I pray right now that there would be the opportunity for people to know that Jesus isn't just an idea, but he's a man and he's a relationship. God, I pray right now that that relationship would become revealed in Jesus' name. Not as something ethereal and out there, but something as personal and in there. Let us know that they know our name. God, I pray right now that there would be the faith to take a step. Not trying to move mountains, but let's try and move molehills in Jesus' name. Pray for each and every person with their hand raised, God. I pray that you would give them a step to take in the next seven days. Be it significant or insignificant to them, God, let it stretch their ability to be obedient to you. Let them not choose to see the circumstances of what you do or do not do as an example of whether they should believe that you can do it. Let them move past what they see and step into the reality of what you can do irrelevant of what they see. In Jesus' name. Why don't you put your hand down? Last one. If you're in the prayer spot where you need God to be revealed bigger than bigger to you. You're not at the belief spot. You're like, okay, I don't even know that God's a savior. I don't even know that God's a provider. I don't even know that God can, can be in this relationship. I don't know that he restores families. I don't know these things. Why don't you raise your hand? I'm going to pray for that. Raise it high. Again, if your hand is not raised, please be praying in this room. If you don't know how to pray, why don't you just pray this? Jesus, come. Jesus' name is sufficient. Jesus, come. If that's all you can pray, pray that. It's enough. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray right now that your name would be proclaimed in these individuals' lives. Not just Jesus, but Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Nisi. God, I thank you that every time in the Bible you did something new, you got a new name for us to understand you. God, I pray that you break every box we've ever put you in. Every limitation that we've chosen or, or felt like we had to understand you to agree with who you were. Holy Spirit, I pray for each person right now, God, that their understanding would not be the barrier to their belief in what you can be. God, I pray that you would give them scripture this week to meditate on, meaning to repeat. God, a scripture that says you are healer. Jesus, you are healer. I know you haven't healed all the time. I know healing doesn't always look how we think it should look. But God, you are a healer. God, we will not be respecters of who or what or when you heal, God, but we will believe that you are a healer in Jesus' name. We won't take the, the, the loss that we've had in the past as an example of whether we should pray for healing again. God, we will believe that you are a healer in Jesus' name. You are healer. You are provider. You are more than enough. You are alpha and omega. You are the beginning and the end. 
Holy Spirit, you are personal and not distant. God, I thank you for the faith of the people in the room that it is enough. God, I pray that we would take steps this week, God, to be co-workers with you, not waiting for you to do everything for us, God, but be willing to move on your behalf. God, I pray that out of this space, there would be, there would be miraculous stories of healings because we took a faith. There'd be miraculous stories of provision because we took a step of faith. There'd be miraculous stories of that person who we thought would never have a relationship with Jesus. They'd sworn it off. They'd left. They'd, they'd left you in the dust. God, we pray right now for salvation, God. Truth that comes not by our power, but by your power in Jesus' name. And God, we pray for stories God, I pray for stories of people who had sworn you off calling you. I don't know how many times in the last month people have showed up at church that I don't know how they found it. God, we believe right now for restoration of relationships in Jesus' name. God, thank you that, that faith less than a mustard seed is enough. Your power is immeasurable. It is not limited. We have not seen it all. In Jesus' heavenly name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.